Good afternoon. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. You're listening to Jerry McGee of Abiding Life Ministries in Lindale, Texas. Uh, we'll be teaching the principles of overcoming life on the first and the second, I'm sorry, the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. At the end of the program, if you want prayer, you can call in at 646 595 4784 and don't forget to press 1 at the end of the program and we'll be happy to pray for anyone who calls in. Uh, tonight I want to teach on uh, word curses and before we do that I want to pray. <clears throat> Father in the name of Jesus we just come before your throne and Lord I ask for your anointing upon, uh, upon me and upon each person who hears. I ask you God in Jesus name to give each person ears to hear I pray, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will cause people to be able to hear more than they can normally hear, even if I say it wrong. Lord, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that uh, you'll take human words and make them able to say more than they can normally say. Father, I cover each person who listens in with the blood of Jesus. I ask you to send your ministering angels to minister to each person in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that the eyes of every heart will be enlightened. I pray that I'll not speak in human words of wisdom, but with your Holy Spirit's words and your Holy Spirit's uh, power. Father, I pray that each person who's listening in who's never given their hearts to you will be saved tonight. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you will cover us with the blood of Jesus. And, Lord, I, I just, in Jesus' name, pray for the saints all over this earth, Lord. I pray a special covering of warrior angels over and about us to boomerang back on the enemy every curse and assignment that's sent against us in Jesus' name, not to kill them, hurt them, harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. In the name of Jesus, I bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over us, um, or in Jesus' name, are spoken over any person who's listening in, over Dorothy and her family, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I just ask you to bless Dorothy uh, who for sponsoring this program. And I ask you to bless her family, bless her going in, bless her coming out. And, Lord, thank you for allowing her to be a blessing to us in Jesus' name. As I said, the message tonight is on word curses. Proverbs 26.2 says, a curse without a cause cannot lie. To curse someone is to speak evil of, um, to um, vilify. Vilification is what it means in the Hebrews. Hebrew. Um, it means to speak against, um, and of course, when we speak evil against anyone, uh, demons are drawn to that person to carry out what we curse. If we bless someone, then the grace of God is imparted to that person uh, to carry out what we bless. When we judge others, we put them in a spiritual prison, and so God wants us to bless those uh, people who persecute us. Uh, to not curse them, to not return evil for evil, but return and overcome evil with good. In Proverbs 26, 2, it says that a curse like a, is like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without a cause cannot light. And so if anyone speaks a curse against you, it can only light if there is a cause for the curse. And so if you think you're under a curse or you think someone's speaking a curse on you, Always examine um, your heart to see if there's any ground for the curse. 
You know, I like to explain curses this way. It's kind of a, a way to illustrate. But the Bible says that we're spiritual houses, and houses have windows and doors. And if all the windows are open and there's no screens, things can fly in. And so what the Lord has taught me is that if I think I'm under a curse, I find out how did it get in, repent, forgive, uh, break soul ties, and then the door, the, that particular window is, or the door is closed. And so um, God wants us to bless others. He doesn't want us to curse. The Bible tells us not to, not to speak evil against one another. Uh, blessings are carried out by holy angels. And and the curses are carried out by demon powers. There's different types of curses. There's generational iniquities of the forefathers, uh, where it says the sins of the, of the of the parents pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. If that parent does not take accountability and put that curse under the blood of Jesus or doesn't repent of their sin, then it passes on to the children of the third and fourth generation. Now, some curses, like illegitimately, illegitimacy, if, you, if you're if you conceived in um, in an illegitimate affair or if you conceive your children illegitimately, then that curse goes 10 generations, which is about, I'm not exactly sure I'm right, but it's like 2,040 or some odd forefathers. And so if that curse is not broken, every day it will loop another day until somebody breaks it. <clears throat> the scripture says that, that Levi, um, he, uh, it says Levi paid tithes when he was in the loins of his father, and of course his father was Abraham, and so if a, if Levi paid tithes when he was still in the loins of his, which really was his grandfather, then um, what is that to say about uh, bad things that come down through the generations? In Exodus twenty verse five, it says. You shall not worship them or serve them, speaking of false gods. For I, the Lord, am your God, and I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Now, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. The scripture says, if we pretend obedience, we hate the Lord. It says that in Psalms eighty-one fifteen. It says, those who hate the Lord uh, pretend obedience. And so... Um, this a normal curse that comes down through the generation goes three and four generations, but incest and illegitimacy are the curse of the bastard is another way of saying it. <clears throat> that goes ten generations. Um, in Exodus 34, 7, it says, who keeps, speaking of God, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sins, yet he will by no means clear the guilty or leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. And so when we're wanting deliverance, we always have to deal with generational iniquities of the forefathers. We're born uh, with many, many curses uh, because of the sins of the forefathers. And, of course, if you've come out of a dysfunctional bloodline, you've got more curses than if you came out of a godly bloodline. Most people were just born uh, outside of God's refuge. You know, if you described God's refuge, which is Psalms 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty. Um, uh, If you pictured Psalms 91, God's refuge like a big umbrella, if we're born under uh, God's control, under his shadow, 
through parents that love God with their whole heart, we're born under that covering of God's refuge. But most people that I have met, 99% of the people were not born under God's refuge because their parents didn't love God and wasn't uh, walking in, under the lordship of Jesus. They were just born outside of God's refuge. And outside of God's refuge is where the pestilence stalks in darkness. It's where the arrow flies. Um, it's, it's actually out in Satan's territory. But the scripture says in Proverbs 18.10, I believe it's 18.10, it's Proverbs 18, I think it's verse 10, it says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and are safe. Now, the name of the Lord, that, that is a strong tower, that's more real than the building that you're in right now. Uh, it's a spiritual place that you cannot see with the human eye. But God tells us we can run into that refuge. And, of course, in Psalms 91, it says, Because we make God our refuge, even the most high our habitation, no evil will befall us, nor will any plague come near our dwelling. Well, if we have sickness in our body, we know there's some area of our life where we are, have not made God our refuge. And so, in other words, you could say something's sticking out. And so when that happens, ask the Lord to show you and deal with it and confess your sin and break generational curses. Also, you need to break um, uh, soul ties with your forefathers because familiar spirits come down. Now, uh, there's different views about familiar spirits. You know, in the occult, it's a medium that uses the demons as their slave, and, and they uh, intercourse with the demons. But um, in, also in deliverance, there's familiar spirits that come down, and some people say that the familiar spirit is the, is the spirit of the dead forefather, or it could be another view is that it could be um, a spirit that impersonates that dead forefather. But at any rate, it's to push you into the sin that this particular forefather committed. And so, so when parents sin, it opens the door uh, for demons to enter their children. And we're born with many, many uh, generational curses. And so uh, if you know anything about your bloodline, if you know there was perversion or if you know there were alcoholism in there, well, you want to stand up in your bloodline and say, Lord, I recognize what's coming down my bloodline, and I want to take accountability for it. I ask you to start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through my bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in my life through this particular thing, alcoholism or perversion or Freemasonry or whatever uh, whatever you see there. And it doesn't mean you don't ask forgiveness for what granddaddy did or you can't ask God to forgive granddaddy because he's either in heaven or in hell, one of the two. But what you're doing is you're taking accountability for what you see coming down the bloodline and basically you're stepping up, putting all these things under the blood of Jesus and saying it goes no no further. Um, Actually, any violation of God's word brings you under a curse. Uh, If you even bring in a curse thing into your house, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 7 and other places that don't bring in a curse thing in your house lest you become under the curse. And Bill Gothard tells the story of a man who was a very prosperous uh, businessman. He had a head of businesses, and the money was just flowing in. And him and his wife went to a foreign country, and they brought back certain artifacts that were cursed. Uh, if, if anybody worships it, um, you know, a lot of these Indian artifacts or anything that's worshipped you bring into your home, it brings a curse. Even bringing in uh, stuffed animals and 
the Bible says we're not to make a graven image in the form of uh, animal, beast, creeping thing, crawling thing, making an image of something. Um, the Bible says not to do that. And so when you bring in a cursed thing in your home, it brings your house, your whole house under a curse. <clears throat> anyway, the man went to Bill Gothard's seminar, and him and his wife learned about bringing uh, cursed objects into, into your home. They went home, they got rid of all that stuff, and their business began to prosper again. In Acts 19.19, it talks about how the early church brought all their occult uh, books and their occult uh, artifacts and burned them, and it says the gospel spread. And so that can really be um, a hindrance to healing and deliverance. Also, um, there are curses that are spoken over us by ourselves and by other people. There are certain people that would love to do, do us evil, uh, people that are in the occult, and they'll speak curses of death, curses of poverty, curses of failure over a person. And if there's a cause for it, it can lie. And so that's why we have to walk in an upright manner. We have to walk in repentance so that um, the curses can't light on us. And if one uh, hits us, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this particular problem? And so um, Proverbs 26 says, a curse without a cause cannot light. Also, you don't have to be in the occult to speak curses. Other people speak things on us. You know, our parents say, boy, everything you eat turns to fat or you'll never amount to anything or you're a failure or, you know, you need to, you need to be like your mother, your brother or you're just like your grandmother or you're just like your daddy or, you know, you're going to catch a cold or you're going to die, you're going to be sick. I remember I was riding with my dad once and he was probably 93 then. And I was riding with, I was driving actually, and he was panicking, and I wasn't doing anything dangerous, but I pulled out, there was a, a huge hedge, and I started to pull out, and he said, Jerry, you're going to kill yourself. And you know, within a week, I was on Interstate 30, and uh, I fell asleep at the wheel, and I was driving 90, uh, 70 miles an hour in the grass uh, off of Interstate 30 uh, in near Texarkana. And... Um, and I just continued. I, I was afraid to hit the brake because um, I thought I'd turn the car over. I was going so fast in the grass. Had I, had I remembered, I had the cruise control on. All I'd had to do is tap it, but I didn't. I just kept going and got back on the, the interstate. And um, But I realized that my daddy had spoken that curse about a week or two earlier. You know, words spoken by authority figures especially have power because um, – because they're authorities over our lives. Um, so there's curses that we speak over ourselves that other people speak over us. Um, curses spoken by God as a consequence of sin. And uh, you can read this in Leviticus 26. I'm going to read Deuteronomy 28 to you, but you can read it in Leviticus 26. And I'm not listing specific curses. I mean, I'll read some here in Deuteronomy 28. But I have a little booklet, a little repentance book called Clearing the Land, and you can order that by going online to jerrymcgee.com, and that's G like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com, and you can order this little book uh, online. But it basically it lists all the curses uh, that are mentioned in the Word of God, and you can actually get deliverance just, just going through the little book. Um, but Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 says, but, but it shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I charge you today, that all these curses will come on you and overtake you. 
And as I said, demons carry out curses. Holy angels carry out the blessings. And before you get to Deuteronomy 15, uh, 28:15, uh, Deuteronomy 1 through 14 tells you the blessings that you have when you're obedient, when you walk in obedience to the Lord. And um, and this is because of disobedience to the voice of God and His commandments. And as as I read these things, if you've got your Bible, circle these uh, these curses in the Bible and see which ones. That, that you feel like you're under. At one time, I would go through Deuteronomy 28, and I would see lots of places where I was under a curse, and I would begin to repent. And I can I can look today, and I don't see, uh, I mean, I might see one or two, but not compared to what I used to see. And so, you know, deliverance and healing is a process. The Bible tells us to work at our salvation with fear and trembling. You'll never be completely delivered till you get to heaven. It's a part of the sanctification process. And it takes a lifetime. But in verse 16, it says, Curse shall you be in the city, and curse shall you be in the country. That means wherever you go, you're going to the curse. No matter what you do, if you don't deal with why you're under the curse, you'll continue wherever you go being under a curse. <clears throat> verse 17 says, Curse shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. That means your supply of food. Uh, verse 18 says, Curse shall you be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of your herd. And the young of your flock. Now you don't. You may not have a, a garden, or you may not have a herd or a flock, but you've got stuff. So this is just a picture of whatever is your things, your possessions, your stuff. But it says that curse shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground. In other words, your ground, your your garden won't even grow. Uh, you don't have to have a garden, but anything you do will not prosper. Is basically what it's saying. Verse 19 says, "Curse shall you be when you come in." And curse shall you be when you go out. Uh, the Lord will send upon you curses, confusion, and rebuke, and all you undertake to do until you're destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds. Because, reason, because you have forsaken me. Um, I want to go back to this. Um, uh, let's see. A curses of confusion and rebuke and, and all that you undertake to do until you're destroyed Uh, and I want to point out here it says the Lord will send upon you you know so many times we give the devil uh, credit for things and and he certainly is behind who carries it out but it says in verse uh, 20 20 verse 20 the Lord will send upon you curses confusion and rebuke Um, it doesn't um, he says the Lord will send it, but let me just go back to the God's refuge. If you're if you're under God's refuge, you're walking in obedience to the Lord. It's a picture of presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice. But if you step outside of there in rebellion, outside that umbrella, you're in the realm of rebellion, and you're out there for the curses to hit you. And then the devil carries them out until you're destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. Now, how could you forsake something you didn't once hold to? So it's it's not talking to the unbeliever, even though unbelievers live under the curse um, in every area, but because we've forsaken the Lord. In verse 21, the Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you're entering to possess it. Now, being consumed kind of can sound like cancer, doesn't it? And so He's gonna, God's going to cause the, the pestilence, the sickness, disease, 
to cling to you until he has consumed you from the land where you're entering to possess it. And this is all because of disobedience to the voice of God in his commandments. Verse 22, the Lord will make you, will, the Lord will smite you with consumption, that's a wasting lung disease, and with fever and with inflammation and with fiery heat and with the sword, with blight and with mildew until they pursue you, until you perish. And of course, mildew, that's candida. I have a, had a friend once, and still is my friend, but they, they allowed their son to smoke marijuana, in, and they were Christian people, but they allowed their son to smoke marijuana in the bedroom, his bedroom, and the walls were covered with mildew. In verse 23 it says, The heaven which is over your head shall be bronze, and the earth under you iron. You won't get your prayers answered. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust from heaven. It will come down until you're destroyed. In verse 25, the Lord shall cause you to be defeated before your enemies in one way, and, and you will flee. I'm sorry, they'll come against you one way, but you're going to flee seven ways before them, and you will be an example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Now, the blessing is that the enemy comes against you one way, and the devil and the demons flee seven ways. But the curse is they're going to come against you one way, and you're going to flee seven ways. <clears throat> Your carcasses shall be food to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth, and there'll be no one to frighten them away. Now, when you see birds of the air and beasts of the field, that's types and shadows of the powers of darkness. An example is in the New Testament. It says that Paul fought with the with the. Uh, let's see how can I say. Oh, he said it says in the, in the and I don't know where because I hadn't planned to use this scripture, but it says that Paul fought with the wild beasts. Of, the, of Ephesus uh, In the parable of the sower When the when the seed gets stolen uh, God explains to the Jesus explains to the disciples That the devil Satan steals the seed So when you see birds of the air and beasts of the Birds of the I'm sorry birds of the sky and beasts of the field Those are types and shadows Of, of, of demons In verse 27 The Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt So you see boils are cursed, and Egypt is a type of the world, and with tumors, and with scab, and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. You know, you can run to the world for answers, but if you're under this curse, uh, there's no healing unless you find the cause of the curse. And most people, they go to the world for answers. They never look for God's answers, and because of that, they end up dying. And so if you've got boils or tumors or scab or itch, uh, it says it's incurable, and of course, any Jesus can heal anything. The scripture says he went about healing everyone who was healed of their diseases. He healed all. Um, but if we're going to the world for answers, uh, and, and I'm not telling you not to do that, but I'm saying if you've got these problems, you better find the cause of the curse because you cannot be healed unless you find the cause of the curse. Verse 28, the Lord will smite you with madness. That's mental problems. That's bipolar. Uh, psychiatric, psychiatric problems can be anger. With blindness, there's eye problems. And bewilderment of heart, there's heart problems. And you will grope at noon as the blind man gropes in darkness. And noon's the brightest part of the day, but you're going to be groping around like it's darkness. 
It says, and you will not prosper in your ways, but you shall only be oppressed and robbed continually with none to save you. Uh, do you feel like that you're constantly being oppressed and robbed from? God says there'll be no one to save you if you're under a curse. So you've got to look for the cause of the curse. Ask God for wisdom. In James 1, it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and upbraids not. And let him ask in faith, because if he doesn't ask in faith, he's like a ship driven of the wind and tossed. I used to be that person. You know, I would ask the Lord something, and I'd think, did he, did he give me the answer or did he not? Is this, did he say this or did he say that not? And I was like a ship driven of the wind and tossed. And one day I heard a, a preacher preach a message that if you ask God for wisdom, believe that he's going to give it to you. And even if you mess up, God's going to answer that prayer if you continue in faith. Verse 30, it says, you shall, and it goes on to say that if you are like that ship driven of the wind and tossed, you're double-minded, unstable in all your ways, and you'll receive nothing from God. Verse 30 says, you shall betroth a wife, but another man will violate her. You shall build a house, but not live in it. You'll plant a vineyard and not use its fruit. And this is, you see divorce here. You see that um, there's no prosperity, that there's curses on your house, on your possessions. Verse 31 says, your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you will not eat of it. Your donkey shall be torn from you, and you will not be restored to you. Uh, Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you will have none to save you. And again, this is talking about your stuff. Your sons and your daughters shall be driven be given to another people while your eyes look on them, look on at them and yearn for them continually, but there'll be nothing you can do. You know, when my son was 18 years old, he moved to New York City, was living a homosexual lifestyle, and it was like he was taken by another people. My eyes looked on and yearned for him continually, but there wasn't a thing I could do. But praise God, um, you know, he he um, he got AIDS, and he and God used this dreadful disease to bring him to salvation. And when he he died, he was totally yielded to the Lord. And I know he's in heaven now. But it took that dreadful disease to bring him to the absolute end of himself. And um, so I know the pain of, of uh, losing a son or grieving over your children. And many of you who are listening to me are grieving over your children. And part of the reason is that we've spoken word curses over them. And um, I think I think it was probably if you go into to uh, Blog Talk Radio and Dorothy Carruthers um, into her archives, uh, I did a message on uh, the power of words or the power of blessings or I don't know what I called it. It could be the power of words. I think that's what it was called. But basically, we should we should say what we what we want, not what we see. You know, the fact is, my son was living a homosexual lifestyle. But the truth was, God's word says, the children of the righteous will be delivered. The loving kindness of the Lord goes to the thousand generation of those who keep covenant with him and remember his precepts to do them. So we need to plant, we need to plant God's word in the soils of our children and in our own lives because whatever we plant is what's going to grow. So we speak curses over them. And so we let, what we do is plant thorns and thistles in their spiritual gardens. And so the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 1 to pull down, uproot, and to pluck out those words because words are like arrows 
uh, and then it says we're to plant and rebuild. And the way we plant and rebuild is to start saying what God's word says. And that, and the Bible says that God's word will not return void. It will accomplish the matter for which is sent. Now, you may not see immediate results because it takes time for a seed to grow, doesn't it? You get more later in the same thing. And so, you know, if you're wanting, if we're wanting to see victory in our children's life, we're going to have to quit speaking defeat, failure on them. Quit saying they're drunk, they're this, they're that. Uh, start confessing God's word over them so that those seeds can bear fruit. In verse 33, it says, The people whom you do not know shall eat up the produce of your ground, that's demons, and all your labors, and you'll never be anything but oppressed and crushed continually. You shall be driven mad by the sight of what you see. <clears throat> Rebellion is at the is, is at the root cause of, of mental problems, all forms of mental problems. Verse 35, the Lord will strike you on the knees and legs with full of boils from which you cannot be healed, from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king, in other words, whoever is the Lord of your life, whom you set over you, notice you set it over yourself, to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known, and there you will serve other gods of wood and stone. You shall become a horror and a proverb and a taunt among all the people where the Lord will drive you. Notice the Lord drives you. You shall bring about much seed to the field, but gather in little, for the locusts shall consume it. Locusts is another type and shadow of demons. You shall plant and cultivate your vineyard, but you will neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worm will devour them. You shall have olive trees throughout your territory, but you will not anoint yourself with oil, for your olives will drop off. You shall have sons and daughters, but they will not be yours. They will go into captivity. That's what my son went into captivity. But there's a scripture that says that God will, uh, God will, <clears throat> that the captive will be taken from the mighty man, and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued. So confess that over your children. Uh, confess the scripture that the loving kindness of the Lord goes to the thousand generation of those who keep covenant with Him and remember His precepts to do them. Verse 42 of Deuteronomy 28 says, The cricket shall possess all your trees and the produce of your ground. The alien who is among you shall, shall rise above you, and you will be, you will, and will go higher and higher, but you will go lower and lower. We see this happening right here in America where the alien has risen above us and, uh, and because of the curses that have been on America because of the abortion and because of the perversion that's been run rapid in this country and say the God's brought judgment on this country and now that we have a new president uh, we have great hopes that that things are going to change and if you're listening pray for our president whether you like him or not pray for him that God will give him wisdom okay verse 44 says you shall lend he the, the alien shall lend to you but you will not lend to him he will be the head and you'll be the tail no matter how hard you want to be the head, you'll be the tail, God says, if you're under the curse. So all these curses will come on you and pursue you and overtake you until you're destroyed because, now here's the reason, because they did not obey the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded you. They shall become a, a sign and a wonder on you and your descendants because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and with a glad heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. Do you see who's sending against you? 
enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in the lack of all things. And he will put an iron yoke on your neck until you're destroyed. Now, an iron yoke is different from the yoke of Jesus. An iron yoke is grueling, shaving, and annoying. But the yoke of Jesus, when Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28, and 29, Come unto me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on your neck and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul. That's a picture of coming under the control of the Holy Spirit. Um, This is just the opposite of Matthew 6.33 that says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so... um, the Lord will bring about, uh, bring a nation against you from afar, from the ends of the earth, as the eagle swoops down a nation uh, whose language you shall not understand. And I want to go back to 48 when it says uh, that he will, um, he will sin against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness, all things, and he'll put an iron yoke on neck, your neck because he, until you're destroyed. Basically, the Bible says that... Um, if your ways please the Lord, in Proverbs sixteen seven, it says, if your ways please the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with you, even your enemies to be at peace with you. Verse 49, the Lord will bring a nation against you from far, from the ends of the earth, as the eagle swoops down, a nation whose language you shall not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, who will have no respect for the old, nor show favor to the young. Moreover, it shall eat the offspring of your herd, the produce of your ground, until you're destroyed, who also leaves you no no grain, no new wine, no oil, nor the increase of your herd or the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. Verse 52. It shall besiege you in all your towns until your hind fortified walls in which you trusted it come down throughout your land and shall besiege you in all your towns Throughout your land, which the Lord your God has given you, then you will then you shall eat the offspring of your own body, and, they, and this is a degree of degradation that comes in even through Satanists to eat the offspring of their body, the flesh of your sons and your daughters, uh, whom the Lord your God has given you during the siege and distress by which your enemies shall oppress you, the man who is very refined and delicate among you shall be hostile towards his brother and toward the, his wife and toward uh, the children, his wife he cherishes and toward the rest of the children who remain so that you will not give even one of them any of the flesh of the children which he shall eat since he has nothing else left during the siege and distress of which your enemy will oppress you in all your towns. In other words, uh, the further we go down in, in decay and sin, uh, the more we lack provision. The refined and delicate woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground for delicateness and refinement shall be hostile toward her husband <clears throat> that she cherishes and toward her son and her daughter. I remember some years back when my kids were growing up, um, I, I, the hostility is not there now. But I can remember just sitting around the table with them. I just want to scream. Um, and I was under this curse. Praise God. That doesn't happen anymore. Verse 57, and toward her afterbirth, which is issues from between her legs, and toward her children, whom she 
bears, for she will eat them secretly during the lack of anything else, during the siege and the stress by which your enemies shall oppress you. And, of course, in satanic rituals, they do eat the afterbirth. Uh, Verse 58. If you were, if you're not careful to observe all the words of this law, which is written in this book, to fear this honored and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants, even severe and lasting plagues, and miserable and chronic sicknesses. And you know, you may be listening now, and you think, oh, a Christian can't be under a curse. Can do you do you see people that are in the church that are full full of all kinds of sickness and disease and tumors and confusion? The Bible says it's a curse. You know, when you go to the doctor, he takes a medical history and he wants to know about your forefathers. Uh, did they have heart trouble? Did they have cancer? He, they call it genes. God's word calls it curses. Uh, verse 61. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law, uh, God will bring on you until you're destroyed. So that's the sicknesses that have, that we don't that haven't even been discovered yet. Then you shall be left few in number, for as you were as numerous as the stars of heaven, because you did not obey the Lord your God. It shall come about that as the Lord delighted over you to prosper you and multiply you, so the Lord will delight over you to make you perish and destroy you. And you will be torn from the land where you're entering to possess it. And, of course, God tells us to possess the land. Moreover, the Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which you and your fathers have not known. Among those nations, you shall find no rest. and And there will be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes, and despair of soul. So you can see, and you see that failing eyes, eye problems is a curse. And I've been looking for the cause of that curse for many, many years. And I'll continue until I see total victory. But a trembling heart, that could be heart palpitation, um, despair of soul, um, and no rest. You see why, if you're a person that lives in a state of unrest, you see that you're under a curse. Why is it that unrest is a curse? Because Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So if we're not coming to him for rest, we're under unrest, and we're under a curse. And if you're that person that the further you go, the behinder you get, you never rest, you don't sleep at night, you're under a curse. God wants you to be able to lay down and sleep in peace. Verse 66, your life shall hang in doubt before you, and you will be um, in dread night or day and shall have no assurance of your life. In the morning, you'll say, oh, I wish your evening. In the evening, I'll say, oh, I wish it were morning because of the dread of your heart or the fear which you dread and for the sight of your eyes which you shall see. The Lord will bring back on you, bring you back to Egypt, back to the world in ships by a way about which I spoke to you you will never see it again. And there you will offer yourself uh, for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there'll be no buyer. In other words, no one's going to want you. And so those are curses that come about. And you can also read it in Leviticus 26. And as I said, you can order Clearing the Land off my website, jerrymcgee.com. 
uh, and it's not very expensive, but you can order it and go through it and break specific curses. But, you know, to the, tonight I, or today, I, I really want to talk to you not about uh, other curses. I want to talk to you about the word curses that you've spoken over yourself, that you spoke over others, that others have spoke upon, over you. Uh, and, you know, words are powerful. Words are the most powerful human force uh, on the face of the earth. And because God created us in his image, he's given us the ability to create with our mouths. Uh, you know, the Bible says that God created the world. He created us in six days and he rested on the seventh day. And because we're, we are uh, we are uh, made in his image, he's given us the power to create with our mouth. And so... Uh, we can we can prophesy our own destiny by the words we speak. In James 3, it talks about the tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And, and with our tongue, we can set on fire the course of our life. It tells us in, in James 3, 1 and James 3, 2, that if we don't stumble in what we say, we're a perfect man able to bridle our whole body. Um, and, and, it, and it says, if we don't stumble in what we say, we're a perfect man. Well, uh, Matthew 12 says that what's in our heart comes out our mouth. And so if, if what's coming out of our mouth is perverse, uh, we, we're not a perfect man. And so the, the, and the Bible says you can't tame the tongue. It's restless evil, full of deadly poison. No man can tame it. Well, what's coming out your mouth is coming from your heart, what comes up into your thought life is coming from your heart, and you can't change those thoughts, and you can't uh, take them captive, and you can't control your tongue if you don't get your heart pure. So listen to what comes out of your mouth. Listen and pay attention to what you're thinking. Ask God how it got there. What seed was planted in you that would cause those words to come up out of your spiritual garden, which is your heart? And so uh, the Bible says that if in uh, uh, James 3, it likens the tongue to the rudder on a ship, and he's likening us to be in that ship. And so that tongue, that rudder, guides our ship. And if we don't like the course of our life, we have to change the rudder, and you can only do that by asking God, where did these words come from? How did they get planted down in my heart? Did they come in generationally? Did they come in by things that happened to me that I let the sun go down on? I didn't repent. You know, there's been things that have been stored down in our spiritual garden, and that's where God says we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We are to uh, find out how these things got there and repent. It says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So if I'm always having some perverse word, say I'm always speaking some kind of perverted word, has to do with maybe a dirty mind. I'm always speaking dirty words or saying dirty things. I'm saying, okay, Lord, how did that get there? Well, if I had perverted forefathers, it come that way. If I listen to to movies, watch movies, I'm hearing perverted words, and those are seeds. If the word of God is seed, words are seeds. And so if I'm speaking perverted words, I need to find out, did it come in through a movie? Did it come in generationally? Did it come in through somebody molesting me? Did it come in through me molesting someone else? Did it come in through uh, being date raped? Did it come in through soul ties with uh, people I've had sex with? Uh, you know, through soul ties, you can carry the demons, the familiar spirits, 
um, the mental problems, the sicknesses of whoever you have a soul tie with. And I encourage you to go to YouTube.com or go to JerryMcGee.com, and you can pull up message on soul ties and get uh, a greater understanding of soul ties. But uh, we need to ask the Lord, do I have a soul tie with someone that's had perverse speech? But anyway, God says if you ask in faith, uh, ask for wisdom, you ask in faith that, that God will give to you liberally. And so you have to keep on asking the Lord. You know, the words we speak can make us sick or well. The scripture says that, de- that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, the words we speak can discourage people or encourage people. The words we speak can heal people or make them sick. The words we speak can set people free from bondage or we can take them captive with our words. And so we have to be careful that no unwholesome word comes out of our mouth. The scripture says that only words that edify, words that give grace to those that hear. Um, And so word curses, the words that are spoken over us, is one of the main causes of sickness. Uh, Also, you know, if you go to the doctor, he's prophesying over you. Uh, Basically, he's cursing you with a curse. Um, And we just read in Deuteronomy 28 that sickness is a curse. Um, and either even other maladies, and uh, and and so we need to look for the spiritual roots to why we have why we're sick, or the spiritual roots to why we're speaking evil or why we're having evil perverted thoughts. We can speak. Um, you know, I used to hear my husband say he was so broke he couldn't pay attention. Well, he was broke. And so you have, Jesus said you have what you say if you don't doubt it in your heart. Well, if you keep saying negative, you're believing it in your heart. You really don't, and so you get what you say, whether it's negative or positive. If you say it and you believe it, if it's negative or positive, you're going to have what you say. I remember um, some years back when I was believing the Lord to heal something about me. Um, I would read the scripture, I have what I say, and I would say, I'm, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. But then there would be 90% of unbelief. So I started working on why am I doubting? Why am I doubting your scripture, Lord? Why am I doubting this word? And I can tell you, after about eight years of this of repenting, it's been a lot. Is now my faith level is I believe 90%, and there's still a little about 10% that there's still a little doubt. And so I know that whenever I'm 100% believing, I'll 100% be healed because I'm going to have what I say. And it's, it's really an amazing thing that we can change the course of, of, of the history of many generations just through the words we speak. You know, we can, we can get our families saved by the words we speak. We've been busy saying they're alcoholic, they're no good, they won't work, they're this, they're that, they're liars. And we've been planting those those thorns and thistles in their spiritual gardens, we need to say, uh, the children of the righteous are blessed. We need to start saying, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Uh, We need to speak God's word. You're more than a conqueror through him that loved me. You've been this way, but you're not going to be this way anymore. I remember my little son uh, that ended up dying of AIDS when he was 25 years old when he was just two years old and it just in my ignorance and I'm really ashamed of saying this and probably some of you that are listening have heard this before and I'd say um I would say that kid is the biggest liar I've ever heard now I should have said 
son, you lied. You're going to be disciplined, uh, but you're not going to be a liar in the name of Jesus. But you see, what I did was curse him with those words. And he was a liar his whole life until he was on his deathbed. And when he started telling me the truth, I knew he had truly been born again. The Bible says no liar will enter the kingdom of heaven. Psalm 39 says, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I might not sin with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a, I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked are before me. I was dumb with silence. <clears throat> I held my peace even from, from, from good and my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me while I was musing. A fire burned and I spake and I spake, I, with my tongue. Lord, make me know thy end. Make me know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Proverbs 12, verse 18 says, There's one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. You know, words can be, as drastic as a stabbing sword, but God says the tongue of the wise brings health and healing. So, Lord, give us a, 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 a give us a wise tongue. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit." And so uh, it says that. Um, the tongue is mightier than a sword. The tongue will bring death or life. Matthew twelve thirty six says, I tell you, you must give an account on the day of judgment for every idle word you speak. goes on to say, with your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. Why? Because the word, your words are revealing your true heart. That's a sobering thought that we're going to have to give an account of for every word we speak. Romans twelve fourteen says, bless those that persecute you. Don't curse them. Uh, pray that God will bless them. And I want to say this. You don't bless, you don't bless your enemies by, uh, you don't say it this way, Lord, I pray you help, help, help them to have health and, and happiness and bless their finances. You don't say that. You bless them with Christian character. You bless them with the fear of the Lord. You bless them with the conviction of sin. You bless that their eyes will be enlightened. You bless them to deny their self and take up their cross and follow the Lord. You bless them with salvation. Um, and so you speak blessings because when you speak blessings, the grace of God is imparted to that person to carry out what you bless. It says, pray that God will bless them, even those who persecute you, even those that, um, even those that do you wrong, bless them. Uh, Romans 12 says, dear friends, don't, don't take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take vengeance. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Uh, Romans twelve twenty says, Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In so doing, you'll heap burning coals on their head. Don't let evil conquer you, but, oh, but conquer evil by doing good. Ephesians four twenty nine says, don't use foul language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear. And do not 
bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live, Ephesians 4.30 says. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Uh, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And so uh, God tells us in James 3, you know, that, that death and life shouldn't come forth from the same mouth, bitterness and cursing. Um, verse 10 says um, that cursing and, and blessing come out of the same mouth, and it shouldn't be this way. Matthew 5 says if you're angry, it, would, it says if you're angry, uh, make friends quickly with your opponent with him uh, at law, um, lest you get thrown into prison and you get turned over to the officer and officer be thrown in prison. So every place you're angry, you go into a spiritual prison. In Ephesians 4, 4 it says that when you uh, let the sun go down on your anger, you give the devil a foothold in your life. So if you're angry at a thousand people, you've got to think you're in a thousand different prisons. And it goes on in, in Matthew 5 and says that you'll, you'll, you will be there until you pay up or until you forgive. So it's serious uh, to curse others uh, or to curse yourself. I mean, this is why that we live in defeat and failure because of our mouths. You know, people speak words on us. Parents speak words. They say words like, you know, you're no good. You'll... you'll um, Never amount to anything. You'll always be a failure. No one will ever love you. Um, everything you eat turns to fat. Um, you'll never get married. You'll always be sick. You'll catch your you'll catch your death of cold. The Bible says, "What we sow, we all reap." Um, you know, for example, a person might say, "Well, you know, my." My uh, rheumatism is acting up, or it's my diabetes. What they're doing is just owning it, and uh, they're binding themselves to a curse. Or how about uh, saying, you know, I'm in pain every day, and it, and and it never it's never ending. Um, no use praying; it doesn't work. So I'm declaring over my life. Uh, and, and having what I say. How about I have back problems? I have leg problems. Uh, I have varicose veins. You know, I may have varicose veins. It's a fact, but the truth is, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Or saying, this runs in my family. Things will never change. It's always going to be this way. Um, that scares me to death. That drives me crazy. That's making me, that drives me nuts. I'm hanging on by a thread. I'll never amount to anything. You'll always fail. You're stupid. Uh, I'm hanging on by a thread. Uh, That drives me crazy. This drives me up the wall. I about had a heart attack. Uh, And some parents have even said, you know, if you had a brain, you'd take it out and play with it. You're stupid. (laughs) This gives me a heart attack. Uh, And, you know, I could just go on and on about the words that are spoken, and I hope the Holy Spirit has showed you things that have been spoken over you. Satan wants to kill you. 
and he uses the words you speak to give them legal right to carry those things out. <clears throat> Jesus is the high priest of our confession. And the way we get free from these things is, uh, is first of all, we have to recognize <clears throat> we have to recognize how the curse got there. We have to recognize what needs to be pulled down. Jeremiah says we need to pull down, uproot, and pluck out, and plant and rebuild. And the way we plant and rebuild is to pull up through repentance the weeds, the thorns, the thistles in our life and begin to speak God's word over our life, over our circumstances, over the lives of our children. Um, so we need to realize uh, who we are in Christ. And realize in Galatians 3:14, where it says that Jesus became uh, a, a curse for us, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. Genesis 1:23, blessed above all nations, and you all. Says <clears throat> that we're blessed above all nations. Uh, we submit ourselves to God. Uh, James 4:7 says, give yourself to God and resist the devil, and he'll flee. Forgive anyone who's spoken evil of you and repent of anyone you've spoken evil of. Uh, repent of bitterness toward God and others. Cancel, strike down, and verbally rebuke. Say, I tear down those words. They no longer have an effect over me, over my children, over myself. Uh, cast out demons, break soul ties, uh, replace the things that you pull out with God's word, abide in God's word. The Bible says, if you abide in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Declare and confess with your mouth the blessings of Scripture over your life. And if you're, li- if you're listening, I'd like for you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I forgive and God, ask God to show you who you need to forgive. And I forgive myself. And forgive me for saying and speaking negative over people and name the things you've been negative over. I release them from my judgment. I ask you to forgive them and to bless them. I ask you to forgive me for being bitter and angry and bitter toward you and other people. Lord, I love you with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. I submit myself to you, and I declare the devil has to flee from me. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for believing the lies that I've been that have been spoken over me. Thank you, Lord, that you have delivered me from the curse of the law being made a curse for me. In the name of Jesus, I revoke the curses that have been spoken over me that I've spoken on others. In the name of Jesus, I pluck up, strike down, uh, in the name of Jesus, the lies that were associated with those words. I pull out all the arrows that have been spoken over me, that I've spoken on, over others. Thank you, Lord, that you know the plans you have for me, that for good and not for evil, to give me a future and a hope. And I believe you, Lord, that you who have begun a good work in me will perform it in the day of the Lord Jesus. And I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Lord, I believe your word that says I will reign in life by Christ Jesus. I now resist the devil and he and declare that he is fleeing from me according to your word. I loose myself from every curse 
in the name of Jesus. I cast out now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, that whatsoever I bind on heaven, bind in on earth is bound in heaven, and whatsoever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I lose myself and my children and my mate and my situation from these curses, and I declare they can curse they, that that they can cause uh, no problems or have any negative effect in my life any longer. Whoever the sun sets free shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, mighty God. In Jesus' name, I want to pray for those of you who are listening. And um, and so I want you to ask the Lord to show you if there's anything else that you need to repent of and break the power of the words that were spoken over you by your family, by other people, by your mate, by your children, that you've spoken over your children. And Lord, play with me. Lord, forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandments. Forgive me for speaking death with my mouth. Forgive me for loving to curse, which has caused cursing to come down in my body like water and oil in my bones. Forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandments in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I come against every evil spirit that came in, every demon carrying out curses. I break every curse in the name of Jesus, uh, by the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus. I command every demonic spirit to leave that came in through the sins they've confessed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that the truth sets people free in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. If you want, if you uh, would like personal prayer, you can call in and you can call 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. And... Um, and while I'm waiting, I'll just tell you a little bit about uh, Abiding Life Ministries. It was it was formed in 1978 by my late husband, Bob McGee. And um, you can go on my website at jerrymcgee.com. There's lots of free CDs you can listen to. There's articles that you can print out free, and there's um, there's the books you can order online. Um, I'll be in Beaumont, Texas uh, for the International Spiritual Warfare Conference that begins March the 16th. It goes through the 18th. If you're interested in attending that um, International Spiritual Warfare Conference, if you will uh, sign up for my email or you can email me at jerrymcgee, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E, at sbcglobal.net, and I will add you to my uh, email list, and I'll send you a flyer giving you directions to attend that. I'll be having a Duncanville seminar uh, on March the 11th, Saturday, March the 11th, in Duncanville, Texas, and I'll send you a flyer if you'll sign up for my email. Um, if you would like, um, if you would like to schedule a meeting in your area, you can also email me at Jerry McGee at sbcglobal.net. And um, Jerry, we do have some callers. Okay, great. Okay, let's see. All right, well, holding the longest. Let's see. Okay. Area code 850303. Your mic is open. Hi, Jerry. How are you, sister? I'm fine. How are you? 
I'm okay, sister. Um, listen, I've been following you for quite some time. I think your your ministry is amazing. Um, well, I myself you. got into the deliverance ministry when I heard the audible voice of God in 2011. Um, uh-huh. After some prayer and fasting, I just heard one word. Um, his voice said deliverance. And I thought, what in the world is that? Um, I had been in a Pentecostal church for almost eight years and had never seen deliverance, never. Uh-huh. And uh, so I dove head first. Uh, I, I just started following everybody that I could find in deliverance. Uh-huh. And when I did, and when I did, sister, um, I thought that my ministry was deliverance, but God was showing me I needed deliverance. And here's Everybody what happened. <laughs> here's what so happened. Um, I I got a little bit of personal deliverance. I'm sorry. Who am I talking with? Oh, I'm, this is Lori, Lori Ruby. Okay, all right. And um, anyway, long story short, I dove head first and started helping people get free. And when I did, sister, you would have thought that I was like the seven sons of Skiva. Um, everything <laughs> attacked, everything <laughs> attacked me from the right, from the left. Um, <clears throat> I lost my mom. A spirit would whisper to me, if you don't shut this ministry down, I'm going to kill you and your family. Um, and when I lost my mom, I got in great fear. I thought, well, he's doing exactly what he told me. Uh-huh. And it shut me down. I, I had 500 followers. Um, it, I closed my ministry down. Uh, I grieved my mom. And I'm still, I'm still in the process of that trauma. It brought me such trauma that uh, the enemy came in like a flood. Um, and I'm just getting over that. The Lord has just been showing me my authority. I was trying mm-hmm. to cast demons out of people without uh, without the Holy Spirit. I was just doing it out of zeal, sister, and mm-hmm. um, of what I and had you learned. Have to leave, you know, they have to leave sins behind demons, and they you have to lead them to repent of their sin or it doesn't work. Exactly, exactly. And so I'm learning. He's taken me through a process of, of learning my identity in, in Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, there's times where I'm still battling fear. And when mm-hmm. this and, and when this comes over me, sister, this fear is so strong that it literally stops me in my tracks. Um, I'm like a deer caught in headlights. And I battle it. And then I battle it and I get over it. But it keeps returning. And I can't. I've, I've asked the Lord, like you said in your in your show, you know, He's going to give you, He's going to show you what, how to get to the root of that. And um, I have gone over so many things in my past with the Lord and, and the Holy Spirit showing me what I need to deal with, but I cannot seem to figure this root out. Um, I will say that my mother was extremely fearful when I was growing up. Um, uh-huh. Don't do this. Don't do died. that. You're going to get hurt. Pardon. Did you touch her when she died? No, I didn't. Um, you the only, are you, do you have brothers and sisters? I'm the only child. And and she, and it, it traumatized me because it was a sudden death. She was fine, and then she uh, she started talking out of her head and seeing in the spirit realm, and I started casting out demons. And next thing I know, you know, she when she finally laid her head down, she, she uh, died in her sleep. Um. But it was such a traumatic experience for me because I, you know, when she was seeing in the spirit realm, it, it just, it caused more fear to come into me. Um, was she, were you in the room when she died? 
There's some no, I wasn't. Things. My dad was. Okay. <laughs> sometimes but, demons. Uh, I will t- go ahead. Some demons won't live in a, a dead body. They'll they'll go somewhere and they can be transferred. In your case, you being the only child, I heard, heard demons of fear could have been transferred. Do you? Did you have well, a lot of fear before this happened? Well, I did have fear. Um, I had suffered 20 years ago with panic attacks, but I had pretty much thought I had overcome those because I lived many years without that. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the fear returned, and sister, this is the unusual thing. Um, I have never been one that had ear trouble and my mom had ear trouble, knee trouble, and feet trouble. That's really all she was plagued with throughout her life. And all three of those things came on me when she passed away. You have a soul tie with your mother, a demonic soul tie with her. Yes, I do. Yeah, because you carry through a soul tie. Uh, and you did you have any issues of unforgiveness towards your mother, or was everything was just pleasant with her, or you just... Um, we had a wonderful team? relationship. Well, I mean, it was wonderful. There, there was an incident. Wanna... Go ahead. Well, no, you can go ahead and finish. There was an incident. Um, I, I'm, I really don't want to exactly go into detail as to what the incident was, but there was something that we did together that was very ungodly, and it was just a one-time thing. And, um, and I think that that it may be rooted in that. Okay. Well, just repent of everything that you did with her. Don't do it. Don't do it out loud. Just, just between you and God, and then tell me when you're through. Okay. And and did you ever want to be like your mother? No, but here's the strange part. Um, I stepped in to take care of my dad because he's still living and he's 80 um, and just moved right in and started cooking and cleaning for him. And I kept feeling like the whole time I was doing these things, which I'm still currently doing, that somehow I had stepped into my mother's role. It was the strangest feeling. Like I I started taking on like her characteristics, like even – like how she sits or how she holds her hands. or And it, it became very scary to me because I thought, I don't want to be like my mother. I, I really I want to mm-hmm. be my own person. But I felt like I was almost sick because I started paying his bills like she did, and I started cooking like she did. And um, it, it, it's like I've lost my identity almost. Do you feel like he had any kind of perverted thoughts toward you? Who? Your dad? Uh, no, I've never got that feeling at all. That, okay. There was no version. Okay, well, Lord, Lord, forgive me for not wanting to be like my mother. Lord, forgive me for not wanting to be like my mother. Vowing I wouldn't be like her. Say that again? Vowing I wouldn't be like her. Vowing that I wouldn't be like her. Or, Lord, if there were any time, if there was any time in my life that I could have vowed that I wanted to be like her, forgive me. Or, Lord, if there was any time in my life that I vowed to be like her, please forgive me. And I break demonic soul ties with my mother. And I break demonic soul ties with my mother. I call back my soul and spirit from her. I call back my soul and spirit from her. Cleansed, sanctified, and made whole. Cleansed, sanctified, and made whole. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. And I send back her soul and spirit to her. 
and I send back her soul and spirit to her. And I exchange her image. And I exchange her image. For the image of Christ. For the image of Christ. And I command all the fears that came in through her mother, loose her now, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I break the power of, what's your mother's name? Brenda. I command the familiar spirit of Brenda out of Laurie, you said? Yes. Your name, out of Laurie, in the name of Jesus, I command uh, her, her mother's familiar spirit out, every demon that came in through her mother, every spirit that came in through that incident that she's ashamed of, come out of her now in Jesus' name. All spirits that would cause her to walk, talk, and act like her mother, come out now in the name of Jesus. I break your power. Take a deep breath and blow out. In Jesus' name, I break your power over her in the name of Jesus. You have to go now in Jesus' name. Leave now in the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus. Go, go, go. I I bind you up. I seal you by the blood of Jesus, and I command you to leave her now in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Did um, I had another thought here. To, Lord, bring it back if it was important. Um, the way I've dealt with fear is, you know, the Bible says this is the confidence you can have toward him. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you already have what you ask for. Is that correct? Yes. And the scripture says, you know, it's God's will that he be glorified. Is that right? Yes. And you're living for the glory of God. Is that right? Yes. You want his glory more than anything, right? Yes. Well, what I do is I, I if, if a fear comes, I'll say, Lord, you hear what the devil's trying to tell me? And then I just turn to the Lord and I say, Lord, if that would glorify you the most what the devil just told me, then so be it. The devil, you can't touch me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And that that's giving up your life that you might find it. Uh, when you let go of your life, you find it. Now, if you just if you just have a if you um, if you just have a request, you just make your request be known to God. But if there's fear involved, a haunting fear that keeps coming, take it up the mountain like Abraham took up Isaac and let it go. This has happened so many times. I remember when my son was living a homosexual lifestyle. I, I watched a crack commercial, and I was driving along, and I went, oh, what if he takes crack? And then just immediately the Holy Spirit, I said, but Lord, if that would cause him to love you more and bring you greater glory and honor, let him, the devil, you can't give him crack. He never took crack in Jesus' name. Uh, another Hallelujah. thing, another incident, my, my grandson was, and, you know, it's honorable to want to serve the country in the military but I knew he was called to the ministry and this was during when President Obama and they were passing rules in the in the military that you couldn't be a verbal outspoken witness for the Lord and use the name of Jesus and it grieved me terribly for about three or four months I just grieved over that and then one day I said Lord if it would bring you greater glory and honor for him to go in the military I ask you in the name of Jesus to put him in the military the devil, you won't put him there in the name of Jesus. I never prayed. After that, I had total peace. And within about within six months, he injured his knee, and that ended his military career. And now he's living next door, serving the Lord, and has surrendered to, to preach. Hallelujah. And so, but you have to let go. That that just that's the perfect love that casts out fear. That's saying, God, I trust you so much with my life. 
that you know what, what I need, when I need it, if I need it. If I don't need it, you know when to give it to me if I need it. The devil, you yeah. can't touch me. Well, and see, that's, the, that's where the enemy has had a stronghold over me is because uh, I constantly felt like I was going to die. Like I just, I felt like a spirit of death just like followed me around constantly. And every time I'd get a symptom, you know, or feel really strange in my body, I, you know, my mind would automatically go, oh, this is it, this is it, you know, and it well, just you have to make, me. You, you have to make an altar. When my son, my son died of AIDS, I had a sinus infection that lasted a year. My parents said, you, you need to go get an AIDS because I took care of it. He, was, he died at home. And one day I was in the shower and I had to made an appointment with a doctor to have an AIDS test. And I was in the shower and thinking about what if I have AIDS. And then I just said, Lord, you know, I live for you. I live for your glory. And, Lord, I don't think I could be as brave as Todd was. But, God, if it would bring you greater glory and honor for me to have AIDS, give me AIDS in the name of Jesus. But, devil, you won't give them to me. The next day I sat down, took an AIDS test, didn't have one fear. It's like in your case, you're going to have to give up your life. That's what you're holding on to, the idol of of your own life. But if you're living for God's glory, and it works even one day, you know, my, we had a, uh, my sister had a seminar. I mean, my daddy and mother had gone to one of our meetings, and they got angry and left and went home. And then um, just about a month later, my, my little sister was having a, a, a ladies' meeting in San Antonio, Texas. And, and my mother just went on and on and on what a great meeting that was and how great my sister. And I just saw hurt coming at me. And I said, God, if it glorify you the most, well, mother, to never like anything I do. So be it, the devil, you can't do it. And, you know, the hurt came and it just left just as quick. So it just mm-hmm. just give up your life that you might find it. That's what's tormenting mm-hmm. you. Is you. You have to give up your life. Yes, and how do you do that? Because I've told the Lord I, I was surrendering my life to him multiple times, but it just don't seem to. Well, it's a constantly mm-hmm. giving up our life. It's a constantly give it up every day. Amen. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, does the Lord take you through this this kind of work um, as a as part is deliverance like part of the sanctification process? Yes, it okay. lasts a lifetime. I mean, He tells us to work at our salvation with fear and trembling. And it's, uh, deliverance is like peeling an onion. You can get one layer off, and and you you get you, and then maybe three days later you think it comes back, and it doesn't mean you didn't get delivered from the first layer. It just means God's got another layer to show you. Well, that's what's been and, happening. But sister, let me just throw this out there, and I know you have other callers. Um, this this deliverance process started uh, after my full surrender because I went many years. Um, when Jesus was Lord over some, but he wasn't Lord over all. And um, when I made him Lord over all is when the the demons started attacking me. Is that, do you find that to be how it works normally? Well, possibly there was satanic covenants made back in your bloodline. You know, like your forefathers could have made satanic vows, those and covenants, that if you ever came to Christ, it'd be met with upheaval, death, calamity, sickness, poverty and you wouldn't even know what's happening to you, that you couldn't ever break a satanic covenant without coming under curses in the word of God. 
And so, Lord, if that happened to her, if her forefathers, or if anybody's listening, uh, if y'all will pray the prayer with me, those of you who are listening, Father, in the name of Jesus, pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. If I had forefathers. If I had forefathers. That had made covenants to the devil. That had made covenants to the devil. And blood covenants. Blood covenants. Covenants of death. Covenants of death. That they said could never be broken. That they said could never be broken. Without upheaval, calamity. Without upheaval, calamity. Death. Death. Death and destruction. Death and destruction. And every curse that's written in the Word of God. And every curse that's written in the Word of God. I come to you now, Lord Jesus Christ. I come to you now, Lord Jesus Christ. Breaking all former covenants. Breaking all former covenants. And declaring that a covenant with you. And declaring that a covenant with you. Breaks all former covenants. Breaks all former covenants. And I nullify and make void and cancel. And I nullify, make void and cancel. Every word of death. Every word of death. Every word of iniquity. Every word of iniquity. Every curse and assignment. Every curse and assignment. And ritual. And literal. Ritual. Oh, ritual. That's been spoken over me. Spoken over me. By my forefathers. By my forefathers. Or anyone else. Or anyone else. And I declare. And I declare. Instead of curses coming on me. Instead of curses coming on me. Because I have made my uh, Jesus Christ my Lord and Master. Because I have made Jesus Christ my Lord and Master. Every blessing in the Word of God is on me. Every blessing in the Word of God is on me. Because blessed is the man and woman. Because blessed is the man and woman who puts their trust in you, Lord Jesus. Who puts their trust in you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In any spirits of death that came on Laurie or any uh, spirits that came in through satanic vows and covenants or anyone who's listening now has to leave now in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus' name. I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I put that under the blood of Jesus. And she forgives her forefathers in the name of Jesus. Yes. But the fear keeps coming back, Lord, because you have to, in every instance, whatever you're fearing, like you can fear and rejection, just turn and say, Lord, if it glorify you the most for everybody in the world to reject me, so be it. The devil, you can't, in Jesus' name. Because you're living Amen. in God's story. Just keep letting all those fears go that way. And I'm, I promise you, you it, it dispels fear. It's like you're calling the devil's bluff because he's going to torment you in all those areas if he can get by with it. But if you just turn to God and call his bluff, he has to back off. And then Amen. if it happens, hey, God, it's for your glory, and that's what I'm living for anyway. Amen. That's good, sister. That right? Thank you so much. Because that yes, prayer is yes, going to yes. be answered. That prayer will always be answered. I could give you instance after instance of how God is, has, I gave you just a few, but that's how I deal with fear. That's also how I deal with anger. Lord, if, if it glorify you the most, for everybody to keep acting the same old way, don't even change them. Leave them like they are. But devil, you can't, you can't touch them in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 Thank you, you, Sister Jerry. Bless you, and God God bless you. Yes, thank you. Uh Uh-huh. You have another call now, Dorothy? Yes. Um, Area code 850-754. Your mic is open. Okay. Hello? Good. How are you doing, sister? Doing good. Who is this? This is Brother Summers with Spoken Word Healing Ministries. Okay. How are you doing today? I am blessed, Brother Jerry. I am I'm I mean Sister Jerry, I'm sorry. I am <laughs> no blessed, 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 honey. How can I pray for you? Sister I have been delivered of uh, of uh, lying spirits, deceiving spirits, uh, pornography spirits, and, uh, uh, and spirits in that line. But I don't want. Uh, I'm I'm doing what they call a double check, make sure I don't have anything left. I feel good, but it never does hurt to you know uh, have the the master's hand on everything, sister. See, right. I, I've walked under that for years, under that, uh, and uh, and I've had sisters to pray for me, and and uh, I had a trauma about maybe a month ago. I was caught in a lie, and uh, a lying spirit, and uh, it devastated a lot of ladies in the in the ministry, and mm-hmm. it put a hurt on a lot of ladies. And but it was in God, sister. It was in God. But see. I know it. See, I know a curse comes from a Jezebel spirit, and and that's under witchcraft. I don't want nothing left, sister. And what I'm doing, I feel good, but I I want to, I want it exactly a hundred percent, my dear sister. Well, what's the biggest problem? I mean, are you lying now? Are you just were caught in a lie? No, sister. I'm I'm doing good now. I don't have anything. Only thing I feel every once in a while, I I I, tr- I feel something pulling me back. You know what I'm saying, sister? I mm-hmm. feel that pull, but I try to stay on track. If you understand, sister. Pulling you back into pornography, or pulling you back to tell a lie, or pulling you back into what? Into the into in, in deceit. That part of it. Okay. Well, you know the Satanists make the pornography, and they put curses and hooks. It's almost like they want to, you know, you can try to get away, but they want to reel you back. Maybe that's what you're feeling. Yes, sir. In Jesus' name, Lord, I just uh, pray with me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. For adultery. For adultery. And for setting my eyes on evil. Setting my eyes on evil. For idolatry. On idolatry. Uh, Lord, forgive me for... um, um, Entering in. Entering in. Forgive me for uh, masturbation. For masturbation. Uh, God, I break soul ties. God, I break soul ties. With every person or animal I've ever looked at. Every uh, person and every animal I looked at. In a lustful way. In a lustful way. I call back my soul and spirit from them. I call back my soul and spirit from them. Cleanse, sanctified, and made whole. Cleanse, made 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 whole. Cleanse, sanctified, and made whole. Cleanse, and sanctified, and made whole. 
By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. I send back. I send back. Their souls and spirits to them. I send back their spirits to them. Their souls and spirits to them. I mean, their souls and their spirits to them. I exchange their image. I change their image. For the image of Christ. To the image of Christ. For the image of Christ. Oh, for the image of Christ. In Jesus' name, I command every spirit that came in through looking at pornography to leave now all lying spirits, all deception, all deceiving spirits. In the name of Jesus, I command you to go. I break every word of death, word of word, curse, spell, expects charm, incantation, divination, assault, assignment of judgment, voodoo magic, black magic, sorcery, enchantments, bewitchments, words of death, words of iniquity, curses, assignments, satanic rituals spoken over him. In the name of Jesus, I take the sword of the spirit and I cut all puppet strings, I cut all cords and controls that are trying to reel him back in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we take a, uh, take authority over the perverse spirit that he was born under, the lying spirit. The Bible says those who lie go astray from birth in the name of Jesus. Lord, he said no liar will enter. The- so in the name of Jesus, I just loose on him a desire for truth, a love of the truth, uh, uh, have truth in his heart, and I command every lying spirit out now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of every lying spirit, every spirit that came in. In the name of Jesus, through through sinning with his eyes, leave him now in the name of Jesus. All spirits of lust, lewdness, sensuality, all spirits that would try to draw him into sexual sin, I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the authority that we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Jerry. Well, God bless you. God bless you, honey. I thank God for your ministry. You have an awesome, awesome ministry, sister. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And And God uh, bless your ministry. Thank you, sister. Well, we're we're see what God's going to do. That's the most important thing. And Amen. That's right. We're uh, we're called to follow Christ, and that's what we want to do. We we want to win souls for the kingdom, sister. Amen. He who wins souls is wise, the Bible says. Amen, amen. And thank you for that prayer. You know, see, even if you don't think you have done it, it's better to be safe and sorry, sister. That's right. And it takes humility to even confess that. So God says that you humble yourself and he exalts you. Amen. And see, that's what I want to do. See, I didn't feel like I had anything, but I I never don't want to take a a chance because God, see, I've come too far, done too much to turn back now. I That's want to right. see the glory of the Lord come forth, for I, do. I want to see His glory. If His Amen. glory, if His glory is first, I'm, I've, I'm good. I'm done the right thing, sister. That's right. God bless well, you. Well, bless you mightily. Uh huh. And thank you again. Mm-hmm. Thank you for calling. Amen, hon. Anybody else, Dorothy? Yeah, area code three eight six. I think okay. that's Florida. Okay. I remember right. Your mic is open, hon. Hello. What is your name? Hello. Area code three eight six. Speak up, please. Hello. Are they gone? 
Um, area code 386. What's your name and what's your question? Maybe they already hung up. Doesn't show them hanging up. It shows them hanging right there. Okay, well, speak up. If we had help you, please tell us what what the problem is. Uh, I guess they're not there. Okay. Um, that's the last. If any, anyone else in the queue has a has a question or a prayer request. Uh, hit one, and it'll raise your hand on the studio. I guess that's it then. It is. Well, praise the Lord. Well, I'll see you the third, um, the first Tuesday of March now. Whatever day that is, the first Tuesday. And the those first are listening Tuesday. in, we, my, yeah, can't believe the month's uh, gone already. I tell you, you know, we better live every day for Jesus because I know so many people that were healthy one day and dead the next didn't even know they were going to die, and we better be confessed up. We never know when, and, you know, if we live 10 more years, that's only 3,650 days. And this past year has passed like two washloads of clothes. So we need to get busy for the Lord, don't we? Yes, we do. We've got to get in there and start harvesting. That's right. Well, bless you, Dorothy. Thank you for letting me be on. And uh, those of you who are listening, we are the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. on radio. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you in the name of Jesus.